Wait, you haven't seen that? Hello and welcome back to another edition of Past Potential Picks. My name is Taylor Sokol, and I'm joined by my old podcasting and lone pal, Chris Dewar. Now, uh, we're doing a little past potential pick. Uh, I thought, you know, the holiday season's coming up. we got to review a holiday movie, and, you know, it's not often you get a good holiday film. I thought we got to go back to one of the OG films, and I kept pleading with Chris, please, let's do a holiday film. He said, no. I asked him again. He said, no way. And I gave him $100, and he said, whatever you want, you want to do. So I said, let's go back to one of my favorite films, the 1946 American Christmas Family fantasy drama film, It's a Wonderful Life, from directed and produced by Frank Capra, based on the short story and booklet, The Greatest Gift, uh, in 1943. So I was very excited on this, which um, one of, like, I think one of the go-to Christmas films of all time, and I know Chris said he had watched it very briefly when he was a much younger kid. So I thought, let's go back and review this film. So, Chris, uh, for those of you who haven't seen this film, uh, Chris, give us a brief synopsis of It's a Wonderful Life. Well, It's a Wonderful Life, we're following the character of George Bailey. Uh, and we're seeing his life. The way that the movie starts is we're seeing a bit of a uh, hard time getting this audio just George Bailey. And he's... Uh, He's falling some hard times. And so we have these guardian angels that are like, look, we got to uh, we got to fix this problem. And we're getting introduced to this uh, angel of Clarence. But it's kind of a neat like you don't see him yet. And you get a whole you know kind of timeline of George Bailey's life uh, from a young kid up through, you know, being an adult uh, out of high school, starting to get a job in the girl family and then there's rough times and the movie gets to a point where he is falling on such hard times because he's such a nice person and always goes out of his way to do stuff that other people want and not what he always wanted for his life he contemplates ending his life for the betterment of his family and an angel named clarence who is his guardian angel stops him and to show him how much his life is worth he shows him what his life would be like if he never existed uh, and, a, and a kind of a Twilight Zone-esque uh, uh, zone. And, you know, realizing that it really is a wonderful life. Now, I will say, Taylor, yeah, I I know this is one of those movies when you look at, like, you know, the the, the, 20, the 20 films everyone watches at Christmas time. You know, there's, like, the, 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 old, the old favorites, you know. You have, like, the old Rudolph cartoons. You have Home Alone. You have Elf, all this stuff. Wonderful Life is always in there. And it's one that I've never seen one time Sometime in my youth. I can't remember what, but I remember have I have seen this film once before, but I was like, I definitely want to rewatch this for this holiday season we're in. And, you know, there's select scenes that I definitely are imprinted in my brain just because I feel like I've seen them in contemplation shows or like, you know, it's like a, you know, one that always sticks out is every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That scene I've seen in multiple things. And of course, the famous, oh, what do you want, Mary? You want the moon? All this last one on a string, you know, we, that I, those two scenes for sure. I have seen several, several times from different, you know, montages and things, but it was good to come back and rewatch this. Cause I know that it's one of your favorites. You're in your family. Love this film. 
And I will say the one thing I was surprised about was this is a two hour and 10 minute film. And although it's got a lot of great scenes and there's actually some camera work in this that for 46, I was like, that was really good. Like there's one in particular where it's a rainy day. Uh, it's when the bank is closed and they're trying to all these people are trying to get in to get their money. It was this really cool shot of it's James Stewart and Donna Reed in a car. They're in the back of the taxi. They've just gotten married and it's like rainy. And like the way that they kind of do the window of them looking out was like, I thought that was for 46 looked really good, but I was surprised how late in the movie, the moment comes where he decides to try to take his life. And then we get the whole kind of twilight zone. It's only really for about 20, 25 minutes of the film. I feel like if nowadays, if this movie was remade, I feel like he would try like that moment would come 30, 40 minutes into the movie and it'd be a whole lot more of what would life look like in this nightmare situation where everything's changed, Um, which I think is a fantastic sequence. I just wish it came earlier in the film. It feels like for so long, we're not even watching a Christmas movie. It's like it's a which I guess in a way they need to showcase his life to show all the, the good stuff he had, but also life doesn't is not always good. Sometimes life has its bad moments. So but what 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 of this movie? What is it that has stuck with you? You know, through all the years that you watch it every year, is it the stories, that the acting? I mean, of course, Jimmy Stewart, one of our faves. Uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for this film. I mean, it is one of his top roles of all time. But what is it that has stuck with you about this film? Well, I think you know you can have these movies that you watch like every year because it's just kind of tradition. But I think going back, that I like what keeps me coming back to this film. I think because I'm a cancer or I'm just a big softy, I get really emotional watching this film just because I think the strong suit, as you as you point pointed out, that they really show his life in detail as much as possible, him growing up. And as a guy, he just portrays such an everyman that, you know, you want to, like that small town guy who wants to get out of this crummy little town and he wants to do big things. And then he keeps having all the stuff that brings him, you know, keeps him, you know, at his hometown and he doesn't, go out and pursues his dreams and he realizes that his dreams were were met he he did do a lot of great things i think what gets to me is um the acting and just the really good turn uh, about of this the really good lessons that this uh, does i think also it's the iconic characters and such um but i agree i really love the the cre- the creepy eerie you know change of like that alternate reality like if you weren't born you know what would happen i think they do a very good job on that but like you said, it comes comes so late in the film. You know, I never really thought about that, but when you told me, you know, I wish this came earlier, I, I can I can really agree with you. There's so much more they could have shown, like even a bigger impact. Like, and I really like those kind of you know what would happen. And this concept has been repeated in so many things, like uh, the movie Click, that '70s show, uh, Sesame Back Street. to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. So there's all these different ideas of what would happen if certain things had changed. So that was really good, and I really like. I think what's also stuck with me is, you know, seeing this film in its original black and white format is just something pure because it just, they're not distracted by all the the trimmings and the beautiful colors and effects. You're just, it's a very focused character driven drama. And so you see all these characters and I think that's really what stuck out. Uh, I think to me that, you know, it's a very great timeless story that even though it's set in a time that a lot of these things are very different, you know, you know, with modern technology and convenience and really kind of, you know, could be told time and time again. And it's something that I think that we still 
around this time of year coming into the, the holidays, I think it's really a great message. Well, yeah, you look at um, you look at a lot of what this film shows, too, is he, he realizes that if he had never been born, so many things that he had helped with would never have come to pass. Um, and yeah, even though he he didn't get to go off and, you know, like they, they talk about like there's a big part of the movie where, uh, you know, he as a kid, because he saved his brother from drowning in the ice, uh, his left ear became damaged. And so he's deaf in one ear. So, of course, the, you know, the war, the war happens, World War Two, his brother gets to go off and become a war hero. He does not he's not allowed to go off because of his, you know, you know, his uh, handicap, if you will. So there's all these moments where he, he also wants to like serve and he wants to do all this stuff, but he can't. So he's kind of stuck uh, feeling that he's fallen this path where, you know, the job he works at um, is going down, but he's also been helping people build these houses. Like there's always a, a turn. It's like, you know, two sides of the coin where even though he's maybe looked for adventure and all this stuff, it's like he got the girl of his dreams. He got this great family. He had this business. He has all these friends. And this town that helps he changed, him out, changed, you know. changed so many lives just by little simple decisions that he didn't realize that even as a kid, he was changing lives, saving his brother's life, you know, uh, saving um, old man who accidentally yeah. put poison in the, the pellets. And he's like, you, you, you did that. And, you, you know, saved people from dying. I mean, like oh, Mr. it Cowell. just shows and it, it is like yeah, it shows this time of year, like really like sometimes the smallest gesture can have a real impact. But yeah, I just I kind of wish that there was a little more of the because it is a it is a really great sequence. And that's the one that sticks out the most from the movie is he's all disheveled. He's got the five o'clock shout going on. Uh, the hair's all, you know, and he's got the crazy eyes. And yeah, you were talking about yesterday as I was watching it, that great shot where his mom doesn't recognize him because he never was born. He just goes back to him. It's very it's almost like a Hitchcock uh, moment where the eyes are just going back and forth. And he's like where am i like yeah, what is this you it's know? one of, it's one of the more like impactful shots and like you're talking about how this is filmed um uh, speaking of that let's go a little bit of fun fact history on this and i'm really excited about this uh, number one this film when it came out it really didn't it got some awards but it was not it was at the time panned as Frank capra's worst film got horrible reviews i think because the time that the idea of suicide uh, was a very dark concept back in the 40s when this came out but um, I think because it became heralded as a holiday film and because of rewatches has become uh, one, not a cult classic, if you will, but, you know, historically, um, you know, aesthetically and, and significant to uh, film history and whatnot. So it's revered as one of the greatest films of all time. One of the great things about another great fun fact about this film is it's revolutionizing the special effects. And that is of uh, the snow. This film actually devise a new form of fake snow, um, which revolutionized the medium to, uh, to this day. And I think because um, at the time when snow was, fake snow was created, when you had to make large quantities, the original thing was used was bleach cornflakes. Uh, and sometimes even cotton and, and scary enough, asbestos <laughs> was used. And yeah. then they had to re 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 redub the close-up scenes because, you know, snow makes a certain crunching noise that wouldn't be, would be confused with, you know, would not be confused with cornflakes and whatnot. And, you know, you wouldn't be able to show the footprints and stuff. So they created this new snow, um, which was amazing that the when they first did it, they changed um, 
they recruited this big special effects department head and they used a mixture of fomite, which, you know, used in fire extinguisher, soap, sugar, and water, and they're able to shoot at high pressure. And so when you see this film, it makes such a huge difference as you see like this uh, blanketing of snow coming down, especially the effects of like when it, you know, and I think that was the huge part of the film as you see that, you know, towards the end we talked about when he, and he ble- uh, excuse me, and he begs to be, I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to go back to the reality. And that when the snow comes back down, it's that showing that change of, oh, he's back in his reality. So that, and, and that's what Frank Capra is like, I need to do this. That's the key scene to show you, okay, we're back to, to normal. So I thought that was really cool. And this article just came out this, this year about how this movie revolutionized film in so many ways. And, and the snow stuff was a big part of that. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Especially for, again, 1946, you know, where, we're slowly moving away from the the silent film era into the talkies and now into more movies that are telling stories. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's one that, you know, I feel like I will watch this again a few years from now. You know, it's not one I'm going to watch every year, but it's one that I do feel I'll come back to because it is a great story. The acting's great. And, you know, I do love Jimmy Stewart. I mean, he's one of my all-time favorites and this is one of his best roles. So, I'm glad to have watched this, especially because, you know, we have so much things, so many movies are coming out uh, the next few weeks that, you know, we got to review all this new stuff, but we had to sneak in one holiday classic while we could. So happy I got to watch It's a Wonderful Life again, just to take it all in, because I'll tell you, Taylor, it is, it is a wonderful life. Yes. Gosh, wow. And of course, if you uh, have not seen this, you want to go back to relive this classic, of course. This is actually celebrating its 75th anniversary. Um, Blu-ray, DVD, check it out. And of course, it's going to be playing uh, on TV with all these great holiday classics coming out this uh, season. So hope you enjoyed this past potential pick of It's a Wonderful Life. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at the potential pod or you can email us send us your positive feedback and thoughts suggestions and more through our email the potential podcast at yahoo.com i'm your host chris dewar and i'm your host taylor sokol stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture entertainment and nerdum and remember know know your your potential. potential